The following program is paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4. Every weekday, News Radio 1240 KQEN brings you local information at 4 o'clock. Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Littlejohn and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. You know what time it is? The New Year. I know. Happy New Year, everybody. First show of the year. We. Didn't actually do a New Year's Eve show, which means I can say, yes, Happy New Year, and thank you for tuning in to the True Wealth Radio Show. I feel like it's kind of like all Christmas long, you kind of say, well, have a Merry Christmas. I feel like just saying Happy New Year all January. Like, can't we just wish everybody, like, a good New Year the whole month? I think so. I've still been wishing Happy New Year's to people. Here's my question, okay? If I haven't seen somebody in the New Year, can I wish them a Happy New Year in, like, July? I'd say yes. Although at that point you're kind of like, well, hey, first I've seen year? you, so I guess happy new year. Like, like happy half year left. Yeah, <laughs> I happy. don't know. It's leap year too this year. I like leap years. You I don't do know. or don't. I do. Did you know? Here's an interesting piece of trivia. Did you know when uh, the date that I moved into the office when it was just me? Now the team office. No, it was probably on leap year, wasn't it? It was actually on February 29th. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So February 29th of 2012, I began f- official occupancy. Oh, so it means something to you then. It does. It's like super important. I just like having a month that has a little bit more of the average days. Because like February always feels like it gets robbed somehow. Like why did we end up with a short month? Why didn't we just have 30 days in other months and then like February was a little more normal? So there's, well, I don't know about that, but I do know why there's a leap year. And something like every 1,016 years, you have a double leap year. You have to add an extra day because it's actually like four minutes shy or something. And so however, maybe not a thousand years, but however many it takes, those four minutes add, add up. up to a whole day eventually. And so oh. it's a day in four minutes. And so or a year is, you know, every, every fourth year you add one day to get back in sync. But that one day is not quite enough. It's four minutes shy. So however long it takes to get those four minutes to add up to an extra one or whatever. Somebody's listening that knows the exact number, but they know I'm not wrong. If you know that if it's you know not it. just a, a leap year doesn't fix it. They have to like every random astrological event calendar out there. They have to add an extra day. So huh. two days in a leap year or an off year. Or I don't know what the bonus year or something, but they'll they'll come up with a clever name for I it. I didn't know that. Okay. I was always wondering why we had that. I just, I don't know. I never looked it's, into it. But. It's, it's the number of, you know, a year is a, a lap around the sun. Right. But a lap around the sun doesn't actually take 365 days. It takes 365 and a quarter days. And so you so add one extra bit. day uh, every four years uh, to get it back in sync so that we don't ultimately turn summer into winter because the calendar keeps looping out of whack yeah that makes sense so there you go there you go random trivia on the true well show david you are truly by far one of the best librarians of random stuff that i know and i I, thought i was pretty good (laughs) i i'm no good on jeopardy when they want you to know oh. like names and dates and things that matter. Do you start yelling, the thingy, the place, and snapping No, I'm finger. usually looking at going, I feel like I should know the answer to this. Right? And then I don't. And But nobody asks for like really dumb trivia. It's like, oh, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I heard something cool on the radio the other day. Okay. 
there was a set of twins born in different years in different well not only in different years but now they're different um uh decades right so one was right. born like December 31st of 2019 and the other one was born January 1st because of where they delivered right right so now the one sister that's older can say I'm a whole decade older than you. Yeah. I know it's pushing it yeah. but it is kind of crazy to have a set of twins when they're you know and they're born in different years so here's another interesting uh tidbit uh, along the same lines so this is significant to me because I graduated from the University of North Carolina and Vince Carter was in school when I was there. I don't know who that is. Vince Carter is an NBA all-star. Oh, okay. okay. They, his nickname was Vince Sanity. But oh. Vince is my age, or actually he's about six, eight months younger than me. Vince is currently age. 42 years old and still actively playing in the NBA. Go Vince. And still decent. But, you know, I mean, he's 42, right? And if he's anything like me, things creak a little more. It just happens. But he's playing in the NBA, and he is the first player to have ever been on the court in four different decades. Oh, how cool. Because his career started in 99. So he had That's 99, cool. all of the, the 10s, and, 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 you know, and now the, 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 the teens, teens, and, and now 2020. The 11, so that's not it. Right? The teens and then the 20. Yeah. So the Aww. zero, so the 99, the 10s, the, the, so the, the, the and the like teens, barely covering in another. And the, and the 20s. Yeah. So that to me was pretty awesome. Uh, just a little blurb that popped up in a Google feed the other day. And, uh, and you know, I have to find my interesting trivia in weird places because we can also talk about, so we have much to talk about today, but uh, it's my favorite time of year. For, I, I love New Year's resolutions. I, I love know, goal we setting. We always talk about goal setting, yeah. I love goal setting. We, might, we so, might have to get to goal setting so, in the next show. Uh, public announcements of goals because I, I look for accountability partners. And so, look, if you want to be an accountability partner with me, then uh, you can share your goals, send them. I mean, I'm serious about this. I'll get like a little private group somewhere on a little email circle or something and just kind of encourage us to all stick with it because – it, it, to me, it's it's fun. Uh, so, did you did you do any New Year's resolutions or goals? You know, it's funny you say that because that's something that you have uh, prodded me to do year after year working for you, which mm -hmm. I actually appreciate. And I was looking at my goals for 2019, mm -hmm. which I taped to my bathroom mirror so mm -hmm. that I can make sure to stay on track. And I thought I need to redo those and shoot. Like I haven't actually done them yet. Now I'm behind the power curve, right? I realize. No, it's, no, it's okay. I, but, I'm still formalizing mine, but I have several, and I'm willing to share. What was really cool was one of my goals last year was to plan a family vacation. Now it didn't say go on one, but to plan a family vacation that didn't involve visiting family. Okay. And I know that sounds really funny, but like most of no, our family totally vacations are down to Southern California because that's where we're from, and that's. All of our families down there. And that is actually happening this year. During spring break, we are going to Hawaii. Nice. So, like, I actually planned it in the year. And this year, I get to enjoy it. Um, and so, no, I, I've kind of been knocking around what some of my goals are. Like, one of my goals last year was to start exercising three times. Like, just start exercising. Just do something. Mm -hmm. um, and now with Planet Fitness Open in town, I've actually gotten back into exercising, which I haven't. Katie done. has a history with exercise, just so we're... I, I owned a bunch of gyms for a while, not going to lie. And I think, for me personally, I'm I'm not naturally the gym junkie. That's just not who I am. And so... Yeah, but if you own the gym, you, you kind of have to go. One. Right. Well, and people are like, 
why would you own a gym? And you, you, you like you have to be fit to own a gym, right? Well, yeah, no, it's true, the, but you, but you know. Well, and they're okay if you're on your journey, but you can't really backslide, right? Like you can't be the one putting on weight when you own the gym. So, right, when I moved up here and I sold all the gyms and stuff, I kind of went, well, I don't have to do that anymore. And then I moved into the wine industry and went, hey, it's a party 24-7. And that did right. not help my waistline. It turns out that is not <laughs> a good recipe for fitness in and of itself. No, not really. So, but anyways, I, I believe in fitness. I believe in keeping your body healthy. Um, and so I've gotten kind of back into it now and um, excited. I do feel better. I understand what you're saying when you're like, oh, I work mm -hmm. out. I feel better. I have more energy. I sleep better. Um, and so, yeah, it's so what's nice to see is even though I feel like it was a little bit 11th hour, right? Because some of those things kind of happened in November, December, mm -hmm. even though those were my goals for the whole year. Um, it wasn't a resolution. It didn't some it wasn't something that went out the window in January last year. It was like, no, I still need to work on that. I still need to figure out how to do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, excited to I, I, I feel like it's not as much goals as adventures this year. Like, I feel like there's so much going on that there's no way to set like, oh, this is a, a line in the sand. It's more like this is the adventure I'm going on and, and I don't really know what to expect. So I'm not sure how to set the goals for it. Gotcha. I know that was a long thing. What about you, no. David? Oh, some of them are boring but because they're very typical. Uh, I do have a, uh, a goal of dropping a few pounds. Now, I have a specific number in mind, right? I, I, I saw a scale and just kind of like panicked at it. Uh, and it was probably a little suspect, you know, <laughs> meaning like there's probably like I was pretty well hydrated at that moment and a number of other things. But whatever the case, it was enough that I went, OK, enough. Right. I had this moment of like, this is unacceptable. And so I am going to just take a very long time to healthily remove weight and there's no crash course or anything else this is i view this as kind of a permanent lifestyle change so it's not no i'm not on a diet i'm on a, a permanent lifestyle change of adjusting food choices and specifically i'm uh, i've decided to eliminate sugar primarily now, i wouldn't say the word eliminate i would say restrict yeah so that's and Let, that, that's what that's, that. that's a better way to describe it so i'm i'm actively choosing to avoid sugar but i'm not not having sugar ever because I've, I have figured out, this is, all right, all of our listeners, you can make fun of me for this. This is the duh statement, right? I love sugar, total sweet tooth, but I consume said sugar, and then like 20 minutes later, I crash. Right. And like I mean, I really do. Like, I'm sitting there yawning, trying to figure out why I'm so sleepy. True. And so I, I cannot sustain healthy energy levels that way. I just want to like take a nap. And I don't want to feel that way. And when I don't have sugar, as much as I love sugar, I also love not wanting to sleep all the time. <laughs> so You don't want to be a hibernating bear? No, no. And, and, and also it throws everything off because then in the night when I should be asleep, You're not. I'm not, right? I'm all like, Bleh. so so I'm just going to make, make better choices around sugar consumption so that I can stabilize energy levels. And then a lot of other positive things happen from that. But my intention is I'm talking about a half a pound a week all year. Right. And okay? if you do that, now, if you do that, that's 25, 26 pounds. And if I drop 26 pounds, I'm going to be pretty fit at that point. I mean, I should right. be getting down to approaching single digit body fat levels. So we're, uh, I, I don't know if I'm ready to post pictures to the world yet. 
But, you know, we'll see. Are you ever going to really do that? I feel like the whole world needs to be in the picture posting. Yeah, it's not that. But, uh, you know, if I can see abs, I might feel bold enough to share that. Be like, hey, you (laughs) know, it worked. So, (laughs) fair enough. uh, But, but it's a, it's a, it's a journey, right? Not a destination, or so we say. Yes. Okay, let's let's do this. There are some other things that I want to talk about, goal setting wise, how to be more successful. Also, how you can get along in the accountability group. Right, how you can yeah. jump on board with that. But we're going a little long, so let's take our first break. Um, and we'll do that, and then we will, you know, come back from it. I can't. Yep. Is it working? It is. I hear the sound. Hear oh, the good. Sound. My headphones are. So the music's playing. Good story. All right. We'll be right back. This is David Little John. And Katie Shuck. You got True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. <laughs> we kind of do. Uh, but <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it doesn't count if it's not booked. Uh, sorry. Welcome back to the True Wealth Show. Uh, this is your host, David Little John, with me in studio. Katie Shuck. And oh, uh, we're excited to be kicking off 2020. This is a big year uh, for. I guess there's a lot of things for me personally that I'm really excited about. This is right? a big year for memes, by the way. Like yeah? Vision 2020. Yeah, there's but so, so much play so on. So we that. we have the 10 year anniversary of, of our firm of our firm getting started. So Little John Financial was formed in 2010. Nice. So it's the 10 year anniversary. That, now the the technical date isn't until September. But uh, oh, we're going to December. It's September. Well, no, we went live with, but the the entity was formed and then it was registered. Got it. And it, and it was a process there. Got so, it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, there's like a window in there. But but yeah, anyway, that's so Q4 is we'll call it the official timely time zone there. Okay. Um, or late Q3. But but we're gonna party all year. Right? I was gonna say what you're saying is we need to yeah. have a big anniversary party. <laughs> yeah. Also, this will not be the 20 year anniversary of my. In in financial services because I actually started technically in '99, but uh, I will I'm in my 20th, so we'll have a 20 years in in the financial industry. That's awesome. I know. So I I think it was February of 2000. I'd have to go confirm. I think that's when I got my securities license. Aww. So uh, you old man. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so there you go. And people are already triangulating on my age because I compare myself to, you know, Vince Carter's my peer, and he's younger than me. Uh, 
So Yeah, but you, by the way, if they've listened at all, they know your age because I gave you a huge shout out years ago on your birthday when you turned 40. True, true, And I've been really honest about my birthday and everybody knows that we're close in age and so. And I'm kind of getting over it. I've, you know, kicking and screaming, okay, because for me there was... You know, I, you a I'm like a Toys R Us kid. It. Yeah, I'm, so I'm going. <laughs> you totally on. fussed about being 40. I think way more than I did. Oh, you are you kidding? You were like high fiving on the <laughs> way like, in, like yeah, I got this, I got this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh gosh, how did this happen? I'm doing uh, the rookie slaps all the way down the court line, right? Like <laughs> what's what's got me now, and it's just this recognition is that you know with age comes markings of age. So I'm going, wait a minute, that's there's a lot of gray in their hair now. And things creak, things wrinkle, you know, like, oh, but you know what, Uh, as people will often say, and I I agree, it beats the alternative right? uh, or does it right? I'm depending on your faith. And so I will, I'll just say sure. But uh, there's there's something that you identified to me a long time ago, and it was about like your wealth building years. Right. And you mm -hmm. talked about like your stride and most people kind of hit their stride in their 40s to 50s where you know, they're, they're higher income earner, their income's kind of been building slowly over time. And so they're in a good net worth as far as like what they're building. They usually have um, some saved for retirement, you know, so it's like you're still kind of in the, the working zone for sure. But life is a lot more comfortable than it used to be, right? Like you're not, yeah. you're not still living on top ramen like you were out of college and, you know, you have a little more luxuries in life, or at least for me personally, I kind of feel like I'm sliding into that. And I think that's part of why I don't mind my 40s, right? It's like, I want to travel. I want to have the nice oh, things. I, and I have the income to do it. And I have, like, I'm happy. It's because there's, you kind of go through this building phase and it's kind of the phase to enjoy it. And I think that's why I was so happy to kind of be in that part as I was like, no, I'm, I'm in my, I'm kind of in my sweet spot. But life is still getting better every year, right? It's not like, oh, I feel like I've hit my peak. And I think that's the concern when people get older is they go, oh, I've, I somehow hit my peak and I'm on the downhill. And I'm going, no, I'm still on my way up to the top. Like, I'm yeah, still hitting I've, that I've peak. just met too many people now. When, and, I, and I say this genuinely. I know folks that are in their 70s and beyond that are relevant, fun, have stuff going on. Oh, and yeah. I mean, so I think that it's just, you know, enjoy life in the stages because you don't get an option. Like, you're either going to age or you're not. Yeah, right. And the right. not means so, and, not but breathing. it's not like you're not aging. It just means you're done, right? right. So you're either going to age or you're done. So go with this grace, gracefully and just appreciate where you're at. So there, there's a your you know bit of true wealth wisdom for you right well, there. And I just said, own every, where you're at. Every decade has offered me something different, mm-hmm. and I think I'm anxiously almost like a child at Christmas. Like, what is this decade going to give me? You know, like what what things do I have to look forward to? And you don't know. I mean, that's kind of hindsight, right? You look back and go, oh, that's what happened right. during these years, but. It's it's a lot of fun. I think that's part of what makes 2020 so exciting. There's still a couple of announcements that I'm biting my tongue on to share because we got to get a couple more things in line. But I'll be excited to share on air shortly. Also, uh, there's there's just a lot of neat initiatives that are underway. Uh, You know, the financial services industry is really changing. Oh, yeah. Rapidly. Okay, Uh, And technology is changing this a ton. Uh, the internet is changing things a ton. And so I have this real personal mission to get back to home base. And one of the things that I always wanted to get more involved in is the education process. But I think I've, I've not dialed in where it was supposed to be the right way. Okay. And okay. Because 
I realize that a lot of people, you can get information everywhere. You're listening to this show right now. Okay, fine. You found the radio as an oh, information source. Oh, you go on source. Facebook, you're inundated with information. I mean, right, it but doesn't matter it, what source. Is it good information? Is it useful? And what does it tell you? I think we have to play detective a little bit. There's a lot of editorial anymore, including this program. Correct. Okay. Like you know, I my my opinions color much of the information that we share. Right. Uh, your Katie, your opinions they color this stuff, right? right. Oh, and so, I am opinionated. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so is as David. I was teasing, I'm an expert in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> we definitely have opinions. So, as as we think about the financial industry, though, here let me tell you a little bit about my 2020 vision of the industry. Do share. Okay. I see a change occurring in the marketplace and it's a change that occurs around transparency first but it's one that doesn't take place instantaneously because the the financial industry in some ways is elegant and simple in other ways it's very sophisticated and sneaky okay, okay. and you have to remember that when I'm going to use a car dealership as an example. I don't want you to, not because car dealerships are sneaky. Uh, Maybe there are players, but I actually think it's more straightforward than folks realize. There's, you know, car dealership has to pay for people and the physical location and the infrastructure to run it. And then they've got their various insurances and other business expenses. And then they have inventory. Okay. They have cars on the lot for you to come and try Bye. out yeah unless you're tesla and then they don't do it in a showroom very often they do it online and right. there's a few showrooms right but the traditional model of a car dealership is kind of like the stock market you can go to a car dealer and buy a car that they don't have on the lot right and they will sell it to you and then they will go get it from somewhere and bring it to you right and they will get it for a lower price than you will pay them for it wholesale or they're not going to bother doing the deal because they're right. not going to lose money on it. But they'll deal for you and they will broker the transaction. Right. So the broker is getting a transaction from a third party and accommodating it and making a difference in the price of what they bought it for and what they sold it to you. Right. That's known as the spread. Right. Okay. In financial language. So Or bro- margin in so business language. The car dealer goes and buys it wholesale. And sells it to you retail, and there's a difference in the price, and that's what he keeps to make his bills. That, and, and all of those bills get paid out of that margin or that spread. spread. Right. Okay. I'm with uh, you. That car dealer could buy something, or they could sell you something that's already on their lot. And now they have their own cost of inventory, what they paid to put the car on their lot. Right. Or if they borrowed money to put that car on the lot, now they've got more moving parts to determine. Right. Right. So. There you go. Uh, That's kind of how the stock market works. Got it. Now, do you really think that trading is free at an organization like Charles Schwab or TD Ameritrade or various other online brokerage firms? I still feel like there's a cost associated, but I'm like so confused with the messages that are throwing out there right now. Well, the, the, the issue is that they make money in other places. So in some respects, it may be a quote unquote loss leader. Okay. 
Which okay. if you don't know what that is, okay. it's the so people it's when they give something. something away with the intent of making more money somewhere else. Right. Um, Walmart used to be a great example. They would sell diapers below cost because they knew if they could get parents to come into Walmart, they're not just buying diapers. They're buying a bunch of other stuff. And the profit on the other stuff was enough to make up for the diapers below for cost. For the loss on the diapers. Yeah. Right. Whether or not that still occurs today, I don't know. But it was true 20 years ago. There's still loss leaders. If you yeah. want to know what the loss leader is, it's the first thing that they put in your way right on the way in the door. Like it's the. It's, I think they put them in the back of the store, so you have to walk all the way through the store to get to them. Is that why formula and diapers are back there? Indeed. <laughs> and beer. So. And beer. Yeah. Right. There's a couple of things they figured if dad was going to pick up the beer and mama made him buy diapers. There so you go. so anyway, that's the that's just a, a business strategy, but if you think about the stock market, when there's a buy or a sell, there's a spread in between, and people don't realize that there are there are dealers. Right. They think not all transactions are brokered, meaning that it's just finding a, a buyer and a seller at the same time. If there's no readily available buyer or seller, there are groups that have their own inventory, just like cars on the lot. Well, and didn't you say Schwab has their own inventory? I believe that Schwab has inventory the same way I think Fidelity. And I think there are many market So they makers. go and buy it on sale and then sell it to you well, at a price. So they can they look the at their inventory and they have to sell at the price that the market is offering. But you don't know what they bought or sold it for underneath. And so they can manage their own positions and still make money. There you go. Right by they can they can accumulate more. They can be a net buyer and accumulate more inventory in times when it's more profitable or otherwise. They also can make money in creating derivative contracts, mm -hmm. and then they can make money in the banking side of things because if they get you to put money in an account and it's not currently invested in stocks, it's sitting in a money market or a banking instrument, and that bank instrument is a an instrument that now represents an on deposit amount that can then be used for reserve loans requirements for them to, on the other hand, loan out. And they right. can make money on the spread on their loans. So it's a complex business model. Okay. Why am I sharing all of this on the radio and making people's eyes roll back in their head? <laughs> Including mine? Why? <laughs> because we like to make it look like the, everything is just super cheap and there's this race to the bottom. And, but what really is happening is we're squeezing out the players that don't have more sophisticated business models. Okay, If, if a company is only a broker-dealer and they don't have a bank, they can't make up revenue losses on the banking side of things because it doesn't exist for them. Which means that here's, here's my theme. Dun, dun, dun. I'm waiting patiently. The word I want everybody to understand is oligopoly. Ah, that's a fun one. Not monopoly. Okay. Not your favorite board Not game. Not monopoly. And oligopoly. Why is monopoly as a board game? Why is it called that? What's the goal of it? To own everything. To own everything. If you control the entire marketplace, you can dictate the terms. Well, what's interesting is if you control a good portion of the high end of the board, you can easily start to control the whole marketplace. That's the other, is that once you get enough of a controlling block, everybody else all of a sudden has no option but to go through you to get to what they need, and you can sort of set the price. Right. And that's this is a theme that I think more and more of us need to be aware of as voters, as consumers, and understanding the way the marketplace works as investors. 
Got it. Because what'll happen is you're going to get larger players consolidating and smaller players getting either bought up or pushed out. Because the it looks like, oh, tra- price transparency. My best deal was to go somewhere else. Except you see part of what you're paying for, not all of it. Or you don't see what you're giving up. And now what happens if Schwab, and I'm not saying this wasn't savvy, but what happens if they get down to only three or four competitors total? And oh, there's yeah. nobody else in the marketplace to compete with them. Then everybody like links arms together and then they all decide to go together. Well, then or you they- start to get... Whether it's intentional or not, you get a certain amount of price collusion. Right. Right? And so if that occurs, they can hold the price up, not down. This is sort of like... It's that, like gas stations being on catty corners from each other, right? Yeah, gas stations can, are usually within a few cents of each other when they're on the same corner. But if they're a city away or a block away, then they're then the price will fluctuate a lot more because they're not competing with the guy that's further away. They're competing with the person right. right across and it the can street. work both ways. You can the gas stations can drive the price down, but they can also hold the line. Now, you're not supposed to collude, but doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I want to talk a little bit more about selling the idea of DIY. Okay, yeah. So this is a really good one: selling the idea of DIY. So you're talking about for the do-it-yourself investor, right? Or the do-it-yourselfer in general? No, I'm talking about the idea of it being sold to me. You'll see. Oh, I like it. Well, look, let's. I love this idea. So we're going to talk about selling DIY, but we got to take a break. Okay. All right. So we'll do that when we come back. Katie's going to kick us off, and this one's going to be good. All right, stick around. This is David Littlejohn. I'm Katie Shuck. You got True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Welcome back to the True Wealth Show. Dave Littlejohn in studio with. Katie Shook. All right. And I feel like my voice has to go lower when yours does, although it's slightly lower because of my head cold anyway. Okay, <laughs> but well, that's okay. Maybe I'm, it's it, higher. It's, it's not a contest, Katie. I know. <laughs> I won't win that one. You know, you have hormones that help you out on that one. I true, will not win that true. one. <laughs> so. We're, we're covering lots of ground today. If you just joined us, don't forget they are podcasts of this. So you can check it out. Go to littlejohnfs.com. Look under the Educate tab, and you will see all the radio shows, including an entire history of like every show I of know. all time. So if you have nothing else going on in your life and would like to spend approximately three weeks catching up, just start listening, and you it too can have- longer than that. It's a lot of shows now. It's a now. lot of shows. I mean, it's a couple hundred in there. If you get back to the point where David is monologuing, that was Yikes. before I joined him. <laughs> Yikes. I know. Like, we can't monologue wow. anymore. That's no bueno. Yeah. They're much more exciting now. Well, we before we took the break, we were talking about being sold DIY. Sold DIY. And so 
Can I can I clarify? Because you told me what this meant, and then I want you to. Or will you clarify what it means? Will you please? Yeah. So sold I, DIY. I'm like, so I gotta do DIY. No. So I know David kind of asked me that on the break. He's looking at me like, where are you going with this? I feel like right now I am being sold or marketed to as a DIYer. Like everybody's like, oh, let me let me show you how to do this. You can do this yourself. Go ahead. Everybody has the same skill set. You don't need any talent or education to do this. Just you can do it yourself. And by the way, I love watching DIY shows about home renovations. I like I like the idea of a DIY. Like I, I go on Pinterest. I like getting ideas. Now, I will tell you from someone who has attempted many different things, some things I pull off successfully and some things I don't. So we all do not have identical sets of skills. Right. Or tools. Or tools. That's right? a, that's probably one of the biggest right there is that the difference in the tools available are really meaningful. And the reason I say I feel like I'm being sold is I feel like with Schwab going, OK, we're no more transaction fees. Like, come to us. But what they're doing is they're saying, come to us and then do it all yourself. And if you are truly a DIYer and have the time for research and knowledge and will learn the platform and enjoy that, God bless. Right. Because I would say that the average person is not that person. And so I feel like you're being sold a DIY solution to a person who is not a DIYer. And that's kind of why I said be careful about what you're being sold. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've heard the most lately out of clients and, and people that come into our office is... They don't want to do it theirself. They want us to handle it. They want right, they right. want the customer service. Um, we even had a conversation about what managed accounts mean. Oh yeah, the, this and is so specificity of language, or more important, vagueness of language. When something is, it sounds like it does something it doesn't. Right. Like managed account. That's a really vague term. Now my mom used to say something really cute. She said, "If you can't say something nice, say something vague." Right. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> right. God and, bless, and Mama. So, so I thought that was really pretty clever. But that the problem is when you have terms that aren't real specific, and the financial services terms can be like that. I mean, look, everybody's a financial consultant or financial advisor, but how many people are? You know, in fact, a lot of people have letters at the end of their name. It makes it look like they have credentials. You know, you see CPA, and you're like, okay, I know what that is, and you know what an attorney is, or JD or something, but or PhD, like those mean something. But when you start LSMFT, OGBYN, I don't know. I mean, like, there's <laughs> uh, what is, what do the letters massage mean? Massage therapist? What are you? <laughs> well, yeah, and at some point, it's like you know, CMFTL. You're like Chartered Market Financial Technician. It's like, is that a real thing? Well, there was a, there's been a couple times when I've been on financial websites, and for that reason, right, I see all these credentials after people's names, and I'm like, what is that? Like, I actually mm -hmm. had to look it up and go, what certifications are you getting? Like, I don't, because it's not the standard right. one. So what what are you trying well, to sell me? Well, and sometimes they don't, they don't mean much, right? I, I went to a continuing education course one time where they said that, you know, when you were done with this, you're going to get a certification as a, you know, some kind of retirement plan or something or other and what it amounted to was here take this course and then when we're done we give you this certificate i'm like so initials on a business card if you want to whatever you have the certificate it's like it didn't mean anything yeah. and so i think this is the good news about the internet is it's getting more transparent you're going to start to figure out who's wearing clothes and who isn't <laughs> 
Okay. Minus walking around. <laughs> exactly. You're going to say like, okay, that's the emperor's clothing right there. Got it. Uh, do, do, do the folks have any working knowledge of the industry and how? Uh, because you're right. The I think the biggest thing for me when I was talking about the DIY is it's like, stop trying to sell me something I'm not or trying to convince me I'm something I'm not. Well, like, you know, just I, like because I, said, I, I can like go to... into Home Depot doesn't make me a contractor. I right. can buy all the same tools. It doesn't mean I can do the things that they do. Right. And it's and I would say a lot of times, you know, if you're starting out, if you're building a birdhouse, that's much different than building your own residence. Right. Mm-hmm. So scale is important. If you're just starting out and there's not a lot to lose, you're like, well, maybe I can figure this out myself. You have hundreds of thousands or millions or something under your belt. You yeah. might want the contractor. And I'm going to do an even simpler analogy than that because it's not about, I don't think it's about competency. That's the inter- No, it is in that you be, you know you better be competent if you're going to do this. If you're not, then don't. Certainly get help. But let's let's use the oil changing analogy as a simple one. Okay? Oh, I love that one. Okay, yeah. Okay, changing your, your own oil is not hard. No. Right? Well, it's I mean, becoming more and more sophisticated as well, cars little, are becoming more sophisticated. A little bit, but it's actually the concept is pretty straightforward. Even with sophisticated cars, it's, you know, other than resetting the sensors, if you have to, you know, tell it, right. okay, the oil has been changed. It's like you un you get access to the oil pan, you remove the plug and drain the oil out, you remove the filter and, and replace the filter, and then you replace the plug and then appropriately and any other... Oil. Uh, cover items that you had to remove to get to it and then you put new clean oil in the engine okay this is actually a very easy process uh the question i have is will you do it (laughs) right (laughs) right i mean for those of you that actually do your own vehicle maintenance all the time first of all i'm like hey high five god bless that's that's great for it um I, I ask two questions. One, is it worth your time and is it more cost effective than having it done? And usually the answer is, well, it's worth my time because I like doing it and it's therapeutic and so, okay. But it's rarely cheaper because the mechanics that I know say, heck, I can't do it for the price that these other people can. That, right. I mean, like the price of the materials, the way, the way they buy them at scale, I can't touch the price. Right. Even. So, again, you're paying retail versus wholesale for a lot right. of the products, even in the service. So so there's step one. And it's economies of scale. There's step two. But but I get back to, will you do it? And if somebody says, yes, they'll do that, then I say, good. Then what in your life aren't you doing? Because you only have so much bandwidth. Right. And that, to me, is really the key is if you are willing to expend personal bandwidth doing it then go learn and you can do it and honestly go to our youtube channel we're giving away content all the time about how to do this because i don't know where it flipped in my career but i have a very simple philosophy that sort of changed i used to believe that i needed to have secret special knowledge so that people would hire us yeah you know and i'm i'm over that now what i what i need to know the knowledge to be capable and competent. I need to be able to convey the knowledge in a manner that makes sense to our clients. Right. And explain so it and use it and so forth. But In simple terms. But I would, you know, you talk about changing your own oil. I would say we're talking about it in concept, right? On the radio. Like, it's very easy. Like, oh, take off the screw, you know, take out the oil. Now, do I haven't changed my own oil in years. Okay. Now, I've never changed my own oil, right? I've never done it. And there's times that I'm thinking, okay, you know, you should always try to do something once just so you understand it. But I'm telling you right now, I'm too afraid to screw it up. I don't even want to change my own oil. And I'm okay right. with that. Now, the problem is it's different from talking theory 
Like, oh, this is kind of, you know, step A, B, C. This is how you do it. And then actually doing it. Like, you know, you sit down and you go, okay, I'm just going to open an account online. Can I tell you, I've had people call our office and they say, I opened the wrong account. How do I undo this? What do you mean you opened the wrong account? Well, I didn't know which one and I heard this one on the radio. So I opened up that kind of account and now I really need this kind of account. And what do I do? How do I walk it back? Yeah. No, I we've seen damaging mistakes. No question. Uh, yeah. The, by, by the way, no like New Year's Eve drunk investing. <laughs> yeah. Bad call. Right. I see people go, oh, I need to put money in and it's, it's December 31st. Oh, it's a holiday. I'm going to open up the account online and fund it. And then they go, oh, crap. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bad call. Bad so, call. Don't do that. So anyhow, back to the the core theme on this one. Why do I give it away? Okay, now, first of all, we don't give everything away. We actually do have some secret sauce. We have some methodologies. We've developed some of our own software, some of our own artificial intelligence. Proprietary? Oh, my gosh, I could not get that word out of my mouth. Blend. Yeah, (laughs) so, so we have some art and some technology that is unique to our firm and I like that. And no, I don't I'm not going to say here have our software for free because we spent t- probably over you know thousands of hours in research and development and you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in actually getting it done. So uh, and that's not an exaggeration. It's been a, you know over a ten year effort that this has been developed. And oh, so our biggest so, expense by far is in technology every year. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, a but lot. but those tools. Uh, so no, they, like they, we don't give that away. That's ours. Well, and I'll take it one step further. There are people that actually sell specifically to advisors that do not retail to the general public. So there are products that we can get a hold of that the general public can't necessarily. Yeah, but but uh, you know. This is the thing. I'm not trying to sell you on using our firm. That's not it. I'm I'm trying to tell you that anybody out there is you know they're all out there different reasons, but we'll give away the knowledge. Okay, I'll I'll tell you how to do all this stuff. And if you listen to this program or you want to call in or email or whatever, we'll give you the answer if you'll go do it. The question is, will, will you, you go do it? Do it? <laughs> you know. And if the answer is no, then all right, you know, see me after class, right? But we look, we, we're, we're long. We got to take our last break. So we'll grab it and then we'll come back. And heck, I don't know what we'll do. I wanted to talk about these changes, and and I think it's it's not we're gonna get, not gonna get it. We're to gonna it. talk about the Secure Act next week. Uh, it'll be soon. But anyway, uh, stick around. We'll be right back. This is David Littlejohn and Katie Shook, and you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the last few minutes of the True Wealth Radio Show. Uh, we have covered all kinds of ground today, which uh, includes 
some things more relevant than other things, but you can check it all out on our webpage at littlejohnfs.com, and you can also uh, check out the podcast, right? So if you if you go there, there's a uh, click on, it says, you know, educate, plan, and invest. Click on the educate tab, and it's going to bring up all this stuff that we do. And so you can check out YouTube videos, you can check out the podcast, you can check out... Uh, I don't know what else is on it. It gets updated pretty regularly with new content. So there is your uh, fun fact of how to follow up on this one. Uh, it, I, I realize we don't have that much time left. There is one thing that I want to bring up because, as you know, at the end of the show, there I guess maybe a couple things. First of all, I get people asking a lot. Uh, they're they're kind of nervous. They're like, are we going to go to war with Iran? And is that going to affect the markets? And I will tell you, I don't know. But I'll tell you that the data and the market behavior right now is really dismissive of this. So I would just not uh, lose a lot of sleep over it yet. Okay. okay. So that's step one. And then step two, and this is the thing that could actually affect you in real actual life. Which is? We've changed rules to retirement plans. They snuck it in at the end of last year. Yeah, really snuck it in, like right before Christmas on was, my birthday. Was, yeah, right before Christmas, December 19th, it gets uh, approved by the Senate. It already passed. It, it flew through the House with uh, like only three nay votes, you know, 400-something to three. So it was a, a <laughs> was really— Was the nay person somebody who was turning 70 and a half this year? <laughs> I have no idea. But but for them, in theory, it, it was fine. But but the, the big thing about this is it changes some incentives for businesses to put in place retirement plans. It gives some tax credits. And then it did a couple things that were really significant in good ways. And then it did a couple things. One thing in particular that I think is a, a, uh, it's, it's, it's a bummer. Okay, so it raises the required minimum distribution age. If you have a retirement plan like a 401k or an IRA, you know that that is tax deferred. Right. Okay. But when you reached, it used to be the age 70 and a half years old, you had compulsory distributions or they were taxed really, really aggressively, like to the tune of 50% of what you should have taken out. Yeah. Ouch. So you take it out because 50% is higher in penalty than any tax rate for taking it out. Right. So that was the case. And so when 70 and a half arrives, you have to take money. Start out. taking out money. Yep. They raised the age to 72. People are living longer, so they gave you another 18 months before you had to start taking required distributions. And you think, that's cool. So all of you having your 70th birthday this year, congratulations, yes. you just got two more years. Here's the other thing that's really kind of interesting. It used to be that when you reached age 70 and a half, you could no longer contribute to a retirement plan. Yeah, they kind of considered okay. you done. Well, you could sneak money into a 401k plan, but that was kind of tricky. But if you, if you couldn't have an IRA anymore, you were done. And it couldn't have a Roth IRA, you were done. So you couldn't do things like IRA conversions and things like that because they kind of closed. They the were, the, you know, you were after seventy and a half. Now you can. Nice, right? Uh, and so there is no longer an age cap to require retirement plan contributions. Well, go people. Right, and that's go all Senate. pretty cool, uh, except for one little thing that they took away that's going to sting: stretch IRAs. And what is a stretch IRA for our listeners? So it used to be, you know, you haven't paid any taxes on all your retirement plans and you'd croak. So it's a technical term. And your heirs get the account. Well, your heirs 
when you when you would have been 70 and a half, your heirs still had to take required distributions from the account uh, because it was tax deferred when they inherited it. Right. And the IRS says, nope, you got to take the money out. And so you can either take it all out and pay taxes all at once, or you could stretch it out by continuing to take distributions. But over my age, not but over my parents' Exactly. Age. Instead of it being the distribution that the, the original owner was had, it became a distribution for you. And if you're younger, then it was a smaller amount. You could spread it out over time. Well, the new rules say maximum number of years that you can stretch out your distribution is 10 years. So it will force money out of retirement plans that would have otherwise been stretched out over time. So bottom line is it changes the planning strategies because now you need to talk about things like Roth conversions and other elements if you want to be more tax efficient with your estate. Okay. So if you're not dead already and it's 2020 now, and if you're hearing this and you're worried about your estate plan, it may be appropriate to worry about your estate plan. And I would suggest that you speak to somebody that's qualified and competent and understands what's going on so that you can get that stuff squared away. So yeah, we we are happy to help with that one. So again, see me after class by calling at... 541-375-0898. All right, there you go. Also, you can catch us online, littlejohnfs.com or uh, email info at littlejohnfs.com. We are out of time for now, but thanks as always for joining me. This has been David Littlejohn. And Katie Sheck. And you've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.